because if you're burned out, then there's there's somehow you're not aligned with 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 your values. There's something about that that's that's not clicking, that's not aligned. And so, um, an important part of understanding what you want to do is understanding what you don't want to do. Welcome to the Phase Four Podcast, inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalkar, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Brian Betty. After working in a corporate career and beating burnout, Brian has transitioned to coaching and consulting for businesses and individuals. Brian is also a six-phase meditation trainer and a member of Hardigy. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, JP. Glad yeah. to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, so I'm really grateful for your time today. I know you're a busy guy. And so I think maybe the first place I would start is with that corporate career with the burnout, because if you look around, it's just, it's getting worse and worse, it seems. So yeah, absolutely. Good place to start. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started out in medical school, actually, I was in medical school and it's interesting. And now I see in looking back now, I see all these connections and I went into medical school because I have a scientific mind and I also really wanted to help people. Uh, but I think the fact that I could see the way my life was going to be for the next 50 years, that kind of turned me off. I left medical school uh, and, and and went into corporate because I liked real estate development. That that kind of inspired me, the built environment, how people react to their environments. And real estate development is, um, it really is, you know, they're building our cities, building our infrastructure. So I went into real estate development um, and, you know, just that corporate, that corporate lifestyle, what just it just wasn't, it kind of, it kind of killed my interest in real estate development, you know, cause I felt like, um, I felt like I didn't have power in my own life. I felt like I was being prescribed to all the time, the types of projects when I work, you know, there was just, there was just a, there was just wasn't much freedom of choice. It felt like at the time, although I know that I, there was freedom of choice now, but I was choosing something. That's really what was happening. Um, but it felt like I had no choice. And so I did that for almost 20 years and I just got to a point where I, I just, I thought, look, I, I remember there was a, there's the quote from Albert Einstein about doing the same, um, doing the same insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so I knew there was just something about my choices, my choice making framework, uh, that was landing me in the same situation over and over again. So, so I had to look, look at that and understand what about my experience that really took me on this journey to really go deep and, and, and how I was relating to the world. And, um, I, I, and I had a, I had a, a interesting coaching as it was, but, um, but anyways, that kind of unfolded through that process. And so that's, that's sort of in short, my a summary of, of my experience. And, you know, a lot of that, I was working overseas as well, which I think, um, was an amazing experience. Got to travel a lot, uh, lived overseas for the majority of my adult life. And, um, it also kind of compensated a little bit for some of the the difficulties of being in corporate because I was stimulated by being in a foreign by being a living working foreign country so um anyway but that's that's kind of the summary of my of my corporate life I love it so I like that 
you remind me of this um, Steve Jobs quote where like you can't connect the dots going, you have to connect the dots going backwards, right? So now you can yeah. see all these things that it was a choice. I'm the same kind of way, not from a business development or med school or anything like that, but same idea where I thought I was just stuck in this matrix and I didn't have a choice and I was just kind of going through life like a zombie. And, yep. and now once you see that it's not like that and you can change it, oh man, now the totally different game, right? Now it's like, what do you want to create today? And so yeah. maybe, maybe what are you creating today? Yeah. So, um, a couple of things, I mean, I, I, um, because of that situation and, and, and we had talked earlier about, there are so many people that have the same experience and I, I meet them all the time. I know them. I mean, most of my friends are, are in that, what we call the matrix. And so, um, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of a cause driven person and, and, um, I, I, you know, just, and I really have that empathy for it. I know what that's like to be in this place where you feel like you're not, you feel like you're not making the choices of your life. So, um, so I'm, work, I'm doing, I'm working on some coaching, uh, for people who, who are experiencing that same, are having that same experience. Uh, I've done a couple of retreats. I have a couple other retreats planned as well. Um, I'm just starting to get more into the workplace coach. Um, because that's really, I mean, the workplace, so many people are, are employed and are having this experience and they don't really know what to do. And so I, you know, I, I, I want, I see, like I have a vision of, or you know, that corporations have to change the way they do business. They just, they just have to, because this is going to continue and continue and continue. And there are so many statistics out there about, um, how so much stress, anxiety, depression come because of the connection with their workplace. Um, so I'd like to be a part of that. And, uh, that's, that's some of the things I'm, I'm working on right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm hearing their like responsibility, right? Not maybe just for you, for everyone. It's like, once you take responsibility for your life, things will change really fast. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. can you talk maybe more about the retreats and go into detail about that? Adela? Yeah. So the retreats, the retreats are, um, are focused on living in alignment um, and, uh, and, and, and really kind of, you know, pulling into finding your values. Cause a lot of people don't really even know what their values are. Um, we think we do, but, but we're actually living something we think is our values. And that was, that was my life. Um, so it's really, it's really focused on that. And I actually hold the retreats here. I live up in the mountains. And so we go, we have excursions up into the, in, into the, into the forest. And, um, and it really is about just crafting the life that you want and understanding what's blocking you and treating those blocks. And then, um, and also about establishing community. So, uh, so that's, that's sort of, that's the crux of, of, of the retreats that, that I hold here. Yeah. I love it. Um, the values is a big thing, right? Because like you said, like we think we have certain values, but then if you actually stop and question them, you're just kind of sometimes playing a program of the values that you think are yours. They're not even yours. Mm -hmm. They're someone else. Right. For me, yeah. it, it was just like, um, growing up, going into the church, sit, stand, kneel and so I baptized my kids in the church and just to please my parents, I didn't even know. And I kind of felt weird when it was happening. Like I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. Cause I thought it was my value. And then afterwards I realized that's not my value. That's my parents value. And yeah. like, I'm not into that, but I digress. Um, no, I was going to say your point is so relevant because that's, that's really what we experience here, you know? And, were raised by by two people and and they they raise people that are the best that they know and and everyone has that everyone has that same experience it may not be two people maybe you know whatever but everyone's raised by something 
and we get inculcated with with all these different ideas and the culture scape like like that like Vishen talks about as well and we adopt these these values and they feel good but it's but it's, but it's because we we think we are um are aligning to what the world wants and so there's like this secondary egoic benefit that we get from it but like you said like you mentioned like something doesn't feel right and we don't listen to that and that's and that's really what what I want to focus, what I'm focusing my work on is, is getting people to, to recognize that and pull out of the, these adopted values that we take on. So yeah, I mean, very, very relevant. And that's really the crux of the human experience, I think. Yeah. And there's another axiom in coaching that is relevant here where it's like the best person you can serve. I'm, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but pretty much the best person you can serve is who you were five or 10 years ago because you've been through those experiences. So you can have all the tools and everything, but if you can have all the tools and be able to empathize with the person, you're just that much more able to help them. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of, it sounds like where you're going or where you're at even right now. Is that correct? Yeah, that is, that is where I'm at. I'm always, you know, and I'm always, I'm always um, trying to find new, new tools and I've developed some of my own. And of course our, co our coaching gave us some tools and, um, I'm, I'm completing the positive intelligence. I don't know, I don't know if you know much about that. The positive intelligence coaching certification, which is a great program, and it and it it really really helps people to connect to that as well. So um, yeah, and I'm I'm always trying to find new tools. I also do, like I mentioned earlier, I help people who've had psychedelic uh, experiences to integrate their experiences because that is a massive wake up call for people, um, and so that's that kind of presses a reset button. Um, and that's, that's another tool of sorts, but there's so many tools, meditation, there's different coaching modalities and, uh, breath work and lots of different ways to, to tap into what we're, what our values really are and our intuition. Yeah. Beautiful. And we'll go into a couple of those, but first I want to stick with psychedelics because it is becoming more mainstream. And like you said, it's a reset. And especially with people with depression and anxiety, it seems that they do pills and it doesn't work. And then they can do maybe one or two sessions with the psychedelics and, or even sometimes one session you hear about soldiers with PTSD and it's gone right away. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so can you speak to that maybe? Yeah. So, so actually what really kind of kicked me into gear was a psychedelic. I had, I did ayahuasca in South America and it was, it just completely you know, shook my entire foundation. And of course the, you know, I woke up from that, it was a retreat. I woke up, I went home from that retreat and was just like, what was that? You know? So I went on this, just this, um, you know, passionate pursuit to understand what, what I went through. And at that time there wasn't all, there was not a whole lot of information out and it's really just sped up. It's incredible what's happened over the last few years. And, um, I, I got a certi certification in psychedelic training, um, learned a lot about it, but you're right. So, um, what happens is with psychedelics is that they there's a part of the there's a part of the brain called the default mode network, and there's a correlation with with that portion of the brain. That, and that's sort of a, a simplistic word to call you know different aspects of the brain that connect to each other. Um, and so the act whenever the, D, the it's called the DMN default mode network. So when the DMN is 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 active or hyperactive, that's correlated with anxiety and depression. And so just from a, just from a medical without what it does for you in the, in the whole journey experience, but just by having it in your system, it calms down the DMN and sometimes permanently, which is why you, what you said, you know, you have these, these, uh, these veterinarians who have PTSD, you know, and, and one session of MDMA, for example, 
70% of those people that they had done research on and tested no longer qualified with a, with a diagnosis of PTSD. So it's really, really fascinating. Um, and, you know, and each one kind of does a different thing, but they all help with, um, you know, kind of cracking through that ego and um, seeing things for as they really are, a lot of acceptance, um, and a lot of it's helping people a lot with addictions. And sometimes, like you said, one time and done. Um, and I've, I've experienced and seen people who've just done that one time and kicked their alcohol addiction or smoking addiction or whatever it might be. So it's really fascinating work. And, um, it's one of the, it's one of the reasons why, and because it changed me as well, or really helped me to change, just put it that way. Uh, it's a, it's an excellent tool. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You can see when things like that happen, you become passionate. I had a, without drugs, I had a similar experience. So Actually, maybe it's kind of with drugs. So I was in a state of chronic pain for a decade. I have a tumor in my spine and I was taking 33 pills a day. And then one day I said, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. And so I talked to the doctor and we slowly kind of weaned down off of it. And then my whole world looks different. And this is what I hear with ayahuasca. People are like, I thought the world looked like this and then I did it. And now I realize that I don't have a clue and it's not like yeah. And that's what happened to me too. Everything just is so different. And I like, I can't even fathom going back to that, but um, yeah. yeah, very cool. That's what it does. It really kind of turns your world upside down and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be through psychedelics or a lot of experiences that can do that for people. Like I know people who have had near death experiences who it turned their world upside down. Um, grief, like really, really heavy grief it also has done that for people. You know, and it's interesting about the near-death experiences and, and, and um, you know, ayahuasca and psychedelics, you, you detach from, it's called the ego death. You, you detach from your identity, which is similar to a death, right? Uh, but death is really the great equalizer. And you hear, you hear these people, they interview at the end of their life in the hospital and they're, and they're asked about what they would do differently, right? And everything they say is actually the things that I'm working towards. And we hear these stories. And I remember when I was in corporate, I'd hear these stories and think, yeah, that's right. That's right. But then I didn't do anything about it. And so it's like, it's like, do I, I don't want to wait till my deathbed to start wishing I had lived, lived differently. And that's really kind of also part of my message is, you know, what do you want your life to look like? Is it looking like that now? You know, and, and there's, there's different ways to get there. Um, but it's, it's really just the most important work. Yeah. I love this. This is a great conversation. So I'm listening to this book right now and she's talking about this girl who does these ultra not even ultra marathons, like crazy stuff, like a thousand miles in 24 days in the mountains, right? And so this girl, she used to have seizures all the time. And then they took out a part of her brain, like a size of a golf ball on the left prefrontal cortex. And so now she doesn't really have a good memory, but it actually benefits her because if she's two weeks into one of these races, somebody could say, okay, let's go start the race. And she's like, okay, let's go. And so she just keeps going. And our tolerance for pain is up there and it's just kind of nuts. Um, but back to what we were talking about. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, he, he said it like what? you kind of, yeah, just like kind of the ego that like you got to kill off that old self. Right. And like, who do you want to become? And so for, especially, I guess I'm passionate because of what happened to me, but people with disease, depression, stuff like that, it's like the disease exists in the old personality. So he's like, if, your personality creates your personal reality. If you can kill off your old personality and create a new one, like what you're saying, what do you want? What do you want out of your life? Go do it. If you can create that new personality, then your per or yeah, then your personal personal reality will change. And that's totally what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it requires a different person. It was that 
it was that same quote that I reminded by Albert Einstein about insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, right? We want something different, but we but we want to apply the same principles and foundations and beliefs and thought patterns and emotional default states and all these kinds of things. It'll just give us more of the same. And so, you know, and also like, I think, you know, there was a time and, I, and, I, and not just a time, but even now, but like, I, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that likes to do multiple things and not just do one. And so I also want to, you know, start doing at some point, be more active and, um, and like nature and wildlife preservation. And I think one of the things about coaching and just psych and psychedelics and retreats and all this kind of work in general is that, you know, our world has a lot of things that need to change about it, you know, in terms of sustainability and, um, wars and, and all these things that are going on and just in greed and, and those things can't, you, you can't bandaid the problem. It comes by the collective consciousness moving in a certain direction. And so really, you know, even if I want to, even if I want to do something for nature, like who, who's going to do something for nature, it's humans. So how do you get humans to do that? Well, you have to change their experience. You have to change their, you have to, you have to let them really connect with what they really are. Cause I believe at the core, everyone is like this. I just think that we, you know, we were born into this, you know, this timeline in this culture scape that kind of prevent us and, and kind of hijack our, our values a little bit. So. So it's in that in that sense, I'm very confident about what I'm doing because I know that this is this is ultimately at our core what we want to do: help people, help the earth, and and it's and it's amazing to see people become that. People like for myself, I was this like you know hyper rational corporate worker, and then to see myself just really change and and people that have I've worked with on the psychedelic aspects as well who suddenly want to help people and suddenly want to like. Um, you know, help the earth or help this wildlife, blah, 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 or whatever it might be, or help the oceans. And so it's just, it's just, yeah, it's like you're really just pulling out of that zombie mode, that that kind of reactive, um, my, or that reactive living and, and moving into it a more intentional living. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I love it. And I totally believe it. Like even from evolution all the way to now, like you can see slowly, it's really slow, the consciousness thing. But it seems almost like COVID kickstarted it where it woke up a lot of people all yeah. at the same time. Yeah. It's like it's like the power of the pause, you know, like it's like it was like a collective meditation, you know, and when people meditate, that's what has what comes out of it. It's and it did. It's really it's amazing what's happened since since COVID. You have like the great resignations and people who don't want to work that way anymore. And and you have people, you know, who represent the old guard and and are saying, oh, you, you know, people who are quitting, they're just lazy. And I, no, it's not about that. It's really about people wanting to take the reins of their life, you know? Right. And part of it has to do with the internet. So like, maybe it's like any new thing, right? Any new technology that when it first comes out, mm -hmm. it's kind of just there. It takes a while to get there. And so like, mm -hmm. we look 25 years after the internet's kind of come out. Well, now people have the information that wasn't available before and they're using it and dissecting it and like, that information, I think I heard something one time like um, I, a teenager today is smarter than Bill Clinton was when he was in office just because of the technology. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And it, and it really does. Like, you know, on one hand, you have the news that talks about this technology displacing jobs and that kind of stuff. And it does. It's, you know, it's neutral, right? But then it has this amazing use on the side where it's allowing people to work remotely. It's allow, it's it's opening up opportunities for people to be entrepreneurs. There's so many new business license that that have that have been applied for in the US alone in the last couple of years. Like I think it was like double what was the two years before that. And so yeah, it's 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 sort of and, and yeah, if like you said, the dust has to settle a little bit. It's a little disruptive. Um, but these are all ultimately good things.
Yeah. Do you know yeah. Neil Donald Walsh? You ever read Conversations with God? Yeah. So I've read portions of it, but yeah, he's great. I love yeah. Neil Donald Walsh. It's kind of reminds me of that where like you become these heads, highly evolved beings. And so, but it takes the collective consciousness to move. One person can't do it by themselves. So it's, yeah. hopefully we're going in the right direction. Um, yeah. <laughs> and let's switch directions here. So this is the phase four podcast and phase four in the six phase meditation is all about creating your future three years out. So where's Brian three years from today? Yeah. So, um, three years from, from today, I would like to, you know, continue, I'd like to continue with the workplace coaching and, and, and focus a lot on leadership. Um, cause I think that is, that is integral, you know, and, and a lot of the jobs that I've had, um, you know, management was good. You can manage it. You can manage accounting department. You can manage a finance department. You know, the management's different than leadership. Uh, and I think in general, like our political leaders, there's, there's just a lot of, we don't focus on that. That's really a human, that's really a human skill and it's not taught anywhere. So I'd like to focus on that, um, you know, helping, helping people who do feel like they're burned out, uh, to find that spark of life again, um, retreats as well. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to learn a couple online skills, um, to be able to do some other things myself online. And I'd also like to really incorporate travel into what I do. I've, you know, um, one of the things I think that really, really helped me in my life in general was travel. So I lived in a couple other different countries. I've traveled to 106 different countries. And, um, and so I, I'm, it just can't not be a part of what I do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at, um, uh, working on some uh, retreats overseas, but also putting together travel trips for people, uh, as a group, but it's not so much like tour guiding. It's, it's kind of a hybrid between tour guiding and, and, and being able to independently travel, but really connecting people with, things that are beyond their routine, things that are beyond their, their normal, uh, inspire them with some awe, connect with nature, connect with different culture, different ways of thinking. Um, so I'm, and I'm in the process of putting that together. And that's why I really love to see that full fledged in three years. That's brilliant. 106 countries. Is that right? That's what you said? Yeah. 106 countries. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> my goal, my goal is to hit them all. Yeah, for sure. We're almost there. So the highly involved being thing, it's, um, that's when you're saying about how like, uh, AI is taking over, getting rid of jobs and some people are panicking, but it's, it shouldn't be a panic thing. The idea is that these jobs, these AIs are going to make our life easier. So you don't have to do the 40 hour work break. And it's so hard to fathom right now for people just because it's not there, because it's not the norm, because it's not their past experience, which we're basing right. all our stuff on. But once it does come, it's almost like, man, this is actually a nice setup for everyone to like enjoy more time at home. People will be able to exercise more and they won't get that burnout because like you're saying, that burnout's everywhere. And if I'm, I don't know, everywhere I'm seeing it, it's it's not even just in corporate. It's in like the local guy who has a, a snow plowing business is like, I'm burnt out and like it's everywhere. So something has to change. Yeah, it is everywhere. And, 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 it's, and you said it perfectly about this is not in their experience or they're panicking, but you know, this is, this has happened before. I mean, the assembly line was taken over in industrialization era and people suddenly are working on the assembly line. What am I going to do? Right. And then, so it's sort of like the disruption, the dust goes up in the air and then it settles and then another equilibrium is established. And so we're just in the middle of that right now. We're in, we're, we're part of that right now. Um, so you just have to kind of have trust that, you know, that the dust will settle and there's opportunity and, 
and look for the opportunity when the dust is, is up in the air. Right. And then that goes to your point about learning new skills and building yourself and developing because yeah. the opportunities come, but if you're not prepared, then you're not, somebody else will get that opportunity. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. How about the six phase? So you're a six phase meditation instructor. So do you use that with your clients or do you just use that on yourself or? Yeah, I have. I've, I've used it. I used it at the retreats. Um, I, I've used it with a couple of different clients as well, and um, and on myself. I, I I really enjoy it. It really just depends on, um, you know, kind of what I think the person is seeking. You know, some people like really quiet meditations, um, and then some people, you know, like the how it moves through the different six phases. So I do use it uh, every once in a while. Yeah. That's awesome. How about you? Do you use Do you use it much? I use it every single day and I'll tell you the secret, uh, well, our secret, the phase four, when I'm creating my future, I don't change it to like, oh, I want that. I keep it the same way. And what happens is every time I go, something more comes back. So right now I'm training for a marathon. And so the last four months, I'm just picturing it. But every time I do it, something else comes in. Like now the trees have leaves and I could see them when I'm running and uh -huh. finish sign the noise and you come back with a little more each time and and then that I think sense. yeah and then when you get to it it feels really familiar like so I did uh, I've already done like three years ago I was doing this one and mm -hmm. I had a whole list of things I wanted and I've achieved all of them which is insane to think about from especially where I was but the uh the idea of like pulling your future to you and so there it goes back to Joe Dispenza again he talks about mm -hmm. Newtonian physics is cause and effect, right? You got to do something to get something and go somewhere. And it might take you time. If you want to get a university degree, it's going to take you four years. You're going to have to go through space and time over those 1200 days. But mm -hmm. if you go inside with meditation and then you can kind of feel your future and intend your future before you get there, well, you're still going to come out of the meditation and do that. Well, what's happening is you're going into your future and you're trying to make it real. And then your brain is pulling itself towards it. So you're not actually going anywhere, even though the days are still passing. I don't know if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, no, it, no, it does. It, it's like your consciousness is moving there and, and believes it's possible. So if your consciousness is moving there, then it'll pull the brain with it, right? Because sometimes there's that disparity between the brain and, and what you're in the consciousness. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that, that's interesting. You said that it makes totally sense when you said that um, because, you know, you imagine something and then it gets stored in the brain. And then the next time you do the six phase meditation, because you've already meditated that the day before you're able to pick up on something new. And, and so it becomes more clear. So you get clarity, more clarity from it. Right. Like yeah. almost like a page, right. In a book. And then you have more mm -hmm. every time, then all of a sudden you have the full book by the end. And then, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so maybe what, what kind of advice would you give? somewhat in corporate right now who is totally burned out who just doesn't even know where to start you have to go back to your why you have to you have to understand why you chose the things that you're doing because in order in order to like before you you know before you go find what your values are because because if you're burned out then there's there's somehow you're not aligned with 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 your values there's something about that that's that's not clicking that's not aligned and so um an important part of understanding what you want to do is understanding what you don't want to do. So, um, so I, so I would say that is like, what about your situation, your life, whether it be friendships, uh, whatever it is, what is it about your life in general that is not 
in line with your why. What is your why? What's what's wrong? Like what is what is causing you the distress? And really, just kind of going into that because um, you have to identify that first. You have to know what parts need to be that you want to change. Um, so that would be the very first very first start before you can start leapfrogging into something new. It's it's a process. Yeah, that why is huge. So Simon Sinek or Simon Sinek, however you say his name, start with why. That's the book. And that is mm -hmm. huge. If you know your why, man, it doesn't matter if you're sore or if you don't feel like it, you're doing it because your why yeah. is so clear. Yeah. And that's and that was my experience in corporate. I remember I remember I'd show up at work sometimes and I'd literally say out loud, get in my office, I'd be like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? I don't care about any of this. You know, and then and then you have to and then all you know part of that kind of going going inward is is understanding if you, if that's not your why, then why are you doing it? You know, and and really understanding the mechanism by which we make decisions, and that's what I had to do. I had to understand what was motivating my decisions. If it's not aligned with me, then what was motivating my decisions? So that was really really important part of the process. Yeah, for sure. For my angle, um, I was a victim big time. And I was always saying, I would say it out loud. I would say, why me? Why me? <laughs> yeah. And then one day I was like, why not me? Like, forget it. We'll just switch it. So, yeah. yeah. Just switch the wording. Yeah. Even the way we talk to ourselves is so important, which I never realized, you know. Right. The why not me. The NLP comes into play right there. Yeah, it does. And so... Hardigy. Let's talk about Hardigy for a little bit because we're both affiliated with Hardigy. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great group. I, I love the camaraderie. Um, I, I missed the last meeting. I was, cause I was traveling, but um, yeah, I'd like, I love the idea that uh, they want to, they want to have the retreat space in, in Spain. And I, I love that because that's, that's actually kind of my own dream too, is having my own retreat space, not in my house, but like an actual place. And it's just a great group of people in general. And that's, um, I'm just speaking to the people here too, but I was talking to a friend this week and I was telling them that, you know, I was in corporate for 20 years and in that 20 years, you know, I probably have a couple acquaintances from that, you know, um, not a, a very small network. And then I, and then you look at the, the coaching time that I've been doing, that I've been pursuing this just for the last couple of years. And, uh, I have met so many more people and then connect with so many more people in those in that short few years that I did in 20 years of corporate, you know, and so um, and Hardigy are are is part of that. Like they're just they're very. I love the concept. It's you know it's heart centered. Uh, there's so much about everything in this world that needs to have that, and so it's a really good message. It's a really good um, energy to put out there. What about your experience with it with Hardigy? Same thing, right? Hard strategies, and um, I think somebody I heard them say like there's only two emotions love and everything else and like <laughs> yeah so it's the same idea like you're saying right and it's it's not just about connecting to people it is about connecting to people like you but to help the greater good right and to how much better way to do it instead of trying to do it by yourself than with a group of other people who are the same like you mm -hmm. and then there's a, a masculine feminine thing in there as well where like the ideas are masculine and that can it can get you stuck in your head thinking too much. And then the feeling is like, that's what your heart wants to do. Like that's a feminine, but the best way to describe the masculine and feminine would be a rose. So the masculine is the dimensions of the rose. The color is green on the stem. There's red at the top. There's 24 petals. Mm -hmm. Then the feminine is when you smell the rose, the fragrance, mm -hmm. right? 
There's nothing else. Like it's just, and you yeah. feel that inside every cell of your body. And so, yeah, this is a great group of people. And I think sky's the limit too. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a good analogy. I had, I'd never heard that before. The rose with the rose and the, and the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Stru- the structural component versus the emotional or the feeling component maybe. Right. Yeah. And it's true. Like it's, and not even if you don't uh, for other coaches, like to not attach to masculine and feminine, that's fine, but it's thinking, feeling. And a lot of yeah. times we get stuck, stuck and we stop ourselves because we're thinking, right? Oh, what will it look like? What if I fail? And who's going to, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cares, right? But then you feel it. It's like, okay, if I can actually feel, man, this is what it would look like. This is what it feels like. And then you do it. And then on top of that, you made it kind of a point earlier there where it's not always about adding something. Sometimes you need to take away something. So if you're not happy with your life, you're burnt out, it doesn't mean you have to go and change everything. Maybe you just need to take some stuff out. So it's not always addition. It could be subtraction. Yeah, exactly. And it can, it can even be like a reframe. And like, I, in fact, I have um, this one person I work with and she was so burned out in her job and she was thinking maybe she needs to leave her job. But she actually came to the to the realization going back into her why she actually did like her jobs and she didn't she didn't realize she liked it but there were aspects to it and there was there were certain ways her perspectives that she was looking at that she just needed to shift a little bit and when she did that it was like okay like it was it became a different so not everyone has to go leave their job it's there's there's a lot of different um components that can play into it it's important to just be mindful of all of those yeah for sure so a good analogy there I can't find it. So anyway, down by the pond, uh, my son found like um, a lens for a sunglasses mm-hmm. and he's like holds it up to the sun and it's like purple or blue or whatever color. And then he turns it. He goes, look, dad, if you just turn it like this, it changes color. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And it looks, it looks different. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool analogy. Analogies are great because they help people to really sink in the concept. That's good. That's a good yeah. analogy. Yeah. Very good. Um, I think as we're kind of winding it down, if this episode resonates with you, maybe share it with some friends, give it a review or like, and if you're a coach or creative and you want to get on this podcast and get your name and your services out there, get in touch with us. Um, and so I saw something about Barcelona. You were just talking about Spain. So is your heart like in Spain? I think my heart's kind of in Europe a little bit. Um, <laughs> But I, I do, I love Spain. I, I've been there a couple of different times. And the last time I went there was, man, that was a while ago, 2019. It's, it's been, it's been a few years, but, uh, I, it, I really connected with it that last time, but I, I used to live in, I lived in Germany for a while. I lived in Switzerland for a while, I lived in Italy. And so, um, yeah, I just have a, I, I would love to love, love to live there at least for a part of the year. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, travel is important, right? Because it does. It's again with the lenses. It gives you a different perspective on things, and mm-hmm. it also mm-hmm. gives you a larger view of life. Where, like, mm-hmm. especially like for people in this episode in corporate burnout, where it's like you're just going to the office, you come home, do the same thing, and the same day repeats itself. And that's part of Doctor Joe's philosophy too, right? You're just repeating the same day. That's why you're miserable because you know what's going to happen. There's no new mm-hmm. excitement or no new yeah. stimulus. So travel exactly. gives that stimulus. Yeah, it does. And, and and like like you touched on too, it 
it takes you out of the routine and because you know our routine has so and, and it's not bad i'm not saying routine's bad but there's a lot of triggers in it in our routine like we recognize certain things and we associate with certain things but when you go to a new environment it's like suddenly those associations and those triggers are gone and you're allowed to, you allow yourself really to to connect with some kind of different idea or some different aspect of yourself uh, and that's really what the novelty of being in a new location is so travels i, I mean travel is it's a it is such a strong powerful way to uh you know to transform your life yeah if you let it <laughs> if you let it if you let it yeah all right so my final question is where can people reach you yeah so um best ways probably through through email um and my email is uh br like bryant b just first two letters of my first name and then my last name. So B-R Petty, which is P as in Paul, E-T-T-E-Y at gmail.com. Uh, and then I, I did recently start a coaching um, Instagram and Facebook. It's called, uh, the Facebook is The Wayfinder. And uh, Instagram is the.way.finder. So pretty new. It's only been out for a couple months, but um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start paying more attention to that. So you can also find me there. I did see that now that you're saying that, and I thought, wow, what a brilliant name and a perfect name for. <laughs> yeah, I really connected with the name. I thought it was very aspirational for me at the time when I came up with it. So it, it kind of keeps it kind of keeps a light a star in front of me too. So perfect, Brian. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful. Yeah, thanks, GP. I appreciate you inviting me on.